Does anybody like a night person in the room? Maybe give me a wave. Yeah, there's a few down the front, a couple. A lot of the teens think they are. Yep, that's good. It's about that kind of stage of life. I, I would say that I am more of a night person than a morning person. All right? That, I would say that. And that's because I would choose to stay up late to do something rather than get up early in the morning and accomplish it in the morning. Is anyone else kind of like that? Who's the opposite? Who are absolutely morning people? I've heard Josh, I've heard you're a morning person. You like to get up early, get things done. That's nice. I don't understand that, but that's good for you. I, to be honest, uh, our holiday a year ago in the Gold, on the Gold Coast, uh, when I got up to go get my coffee every morning and the whole neighbourhood was out, I was like, maybe if I somehow landed on the Gold Coast and lived there, maybe I could turn into a morning person. So if anybody has any property, they just want to hand to me on the Gold Coast, I'll, I'll become a morning person. Anyway, uh, the problem with being a night person as an older teenager into my young adult years in an age where there wasn't streaming, I didn't have internet access in my room. I didn't even have a DVD player. Do you know our first DVD player we got as an engagement present and it was a PS2, PlayStation 2, first DVD player. Uh, I didn't have like a VHS, I didn't have a, a video player in my room. So the problem was when you are up late at night, you had to watch free to air TV. Late night TV. Does anyone remember staying up watching late night TV? Can I tell you, they put the dregs on late night TV. It was bad TV. There was, wasn't much on. And so it was almost always rubbish shows. But there was one show that I ended up loving uh, late night TV as, as that like, later teen into my early young adult years. Uh, and that show was The Late Show with David Letterman. Anybody, any fans of David Letterman? Am I seriously the only one? It's good. So I remember like it would just be on TV because it was every night The Late Show was on. I think it started like 11.30. It was pretty late. And I ended up just watching it and loving David Letterman. It took me a little while to understand what was going on. But one segment that he did every night was he had a top 10 list. Is anybody, I'm speaking to the wrong audience, I think. <laughs> but we know the top 10 list. He'd, he'd, uh, he'd give his top 10 list of the night. Now, for those who didn't watch Letterman, we know what a top 10 list is though, right? Yeah, and it's a pretty common YouTube format where people give their, you know, top, top 10 list. Well, this morning... Look, don't get worried. It's not a top 10 list for you this morning, but I'm going to give you a top five list this morning, okay? All right? Uh, and, and we're going to look at a Jesus story, and I'm going to give you my top five list of life lessons from that Jesus story, all right? Are you with me? Give me a thumbs up if you're with me so far. Top five list. We're going to look at this story from John 2. Now, I love the book of John. If you haven't had a chance to read through the Gospel of John, the Gospel of John is different to the other three, which are sometimes called the Synoptic Gospels because they're, they're quite similar. But John gives us a different view on Jesus. John takes us 
on a bit of a treasure hunt through his book, through his gospel. And what John is doing is trying to show us signs that point to who Jesus is. We're going to be looking over the next couple of weeks as to who is Jesus uh, as we head into Christmas as well. And especially the question, who do you say Jesus is? Who do you say Jesus is? So John gives us seven signs in his book that Jesus is who he says he is. And this is the first one that we're going to look at today. A really fun story. Uh, uh, the first sign of John, uh, Jesus' first miracle together. So we're going to read from John 2 verse 1. The next day, there was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. So Jesus' mother told him, they have no more wine. Dear woman, that's not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial washing. Each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he, had, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. And so the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it had come from, though of course the servants knew, he called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine, but you have kept the best until now. This miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Let's pray and let's pray that I can read a little bit better this morning of stumbling over everything. Let's pray. God, you are good. And already as we've worshipped, as we, we prayed before the service, we can testify to your faithfulness, God. You are a God who is faithful. You are good. Your love endures forever. We thank you for uh, past, uh, past miracles, past times where you have turned up, where we have encountered you. We thank you, God, that you will do that into the future. But right now, we thank you that you are here with us now and that we can count on you right now in this very moment to be a faithful God. Uh, just as we look at this story, as we look at uh, John's gospel, Holy Spirit, reveal to us, convict us, show us Jesus, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. Who thinks this is, this is kind of a fun story? Oh, it doesn't get much kind of like airtime. We know it. Maybe some of us know it as Jesus' first miracle and we think it's a bit of a on the side kind of a miracle. Uh, but I, I think there's, I've said, five really good life lessons to take away. This is a bit different for me. I usually try and give you one point to remember. So I'm going to have to get through quick. Take notes, remember it, take mental snapshots so you remember the five things, okay? You're with me. We're going to go through it pretty quick. Five things. The first one, the first life lesson, Nath's top five list from John 2. The first one is this. Go, Sobe. The first one is this, and we forget it so often. In our life, in our Christian walk, in our following Jesus, 
we are to have fun. Is anybody happy about that? Have you heard that in church before? Because if we haven't, that's a shame, isn't it? That actually the life that Jesus has for us isn't a life of withdrawal from the world. We're not to withdraw from the world. You see, Jesus was at a wedding celebration with His disciples. He didn't miss the celebration. He didn't miss the party. He was at the party. He was in the middle of it. Joy should be part of our lives, church, shouldn't it? Joy should be part of our lives. I love weddings. Weddings are the best party I reckon you can have. Anyone else love weddings? We need more weddings. So, you know, if you're not married, let's do it. Uh, It's been too long, it feels like. Uh, I love weddings. I love, you know, you get get to eat great food. Someone else pays for your food. That's, That's number one, great. Number two, you know, like you get to dance. Love dancing at a wedding. I recently saw a skit and I can say it. I can't dance, right? It's, it's part of my genetics and my racial makeup that as a white person, I don't know how to dance. But at a wedding, no one cares. And you could just dance however you want to dance. Who thinks that's good? Yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, uh, you get to dress up, you know. It's very rare that I dress up. This is about as dressed up as I get. But getting dressed up for a wedding is good fun. Anyway, the point is, Jesus is there at the wedding with His disciples. And can I tell you, they were there to party and celebrate. They were there to party and celebrate, not withdraw from the celebration. We need to live life fully engaged, fully engaged in your family, in your neighbourhood. As Christians, we're not meant to withdraw and hide away, right? If Jesus wasn't at the party, if He wasn't allowing Himself to have fun and celebrate with the rest of His community, who knows we wouldn't have seen the miracle. We wouldn't have seen the miracle. As followers of Jesus, we're not supposed to be afraid of the world and disconnect from the world until we wait to get to heaven. That's not the point of following Jesus. We're supposed to bring heaven here now. We're supposed to turn up to the party and bring the miracle with us. And boy, I'm hoping when I say we bring heaven, I'm hoping heaven's a party, aren't you? Aren't you hoping that, we, that heaven's like a massive wedding celebration? I, I'm into that. A non-stop weddings, let's do it. I'll conduct them, I love it. Um, we're supposed to have fun. We are supposed to be engaged in our communities, not withdrawing. Who knows that we've got that wrong at times as Christians? We, we think sometimes the pull of the world is too strong. Can I tell you that Jesus has overcome the world? That we get to bring Jesus with us. You know when Jesus is ministering to the leper and the, and the sick, who knows Jesus isn't afraid to reach out and touch the sick? He's not afraid of catching the infection because the power in him is greater than the power of darkness. Amen? We are to bring light with us. We are to have fun. Number one, have fun. Say it to the person next to you. Have fun. Life lesson. Okay. Two. Two is this. This is, this is the downer after the have fun bit. 
there are going to be problems. The wine supply ran out during the festivities. The wine runs out. This is a moment of dishonour for the hosts of the wedding. They would have wanted to show great hospitality to the people at the wedding and running out of wine was a problem, potentially bringing shame on the family a little bit. Who knows that even as followers of Jesus, we know bad things happen, don't they? Problems happen. Even to good people, we still see grief, don't we? We live in a broken world and grief comes. Just because you have chosen to follow Jesus doesn't mean life is going to be all sweet, does it? And I think most of us know that and realise it. Who knows that's been a bit of a theme that's popped up during this year. We've looked at Paul's writings. We've looked at uh, John and Peter all saying that there will be suffering in life. Yes, we follow Jesus. And yes, He transforms and He restores our life, but there will be problems. We are going to run into problems. Uh, John 16.33, just a little bit later, Jesus actually says this, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but here it is, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Don't be shocked when problems come your way, but instead we're going to learn a little bit from Mary right now, okay? So two, one, life lesson, top 10 list. Number one, have fun, yeah? Number two, problems are going to come. There will be problems. But number three, and this is where we learn from Mary. Mary says, Mary goes straight to Jesus, doesn't she? Do we see in the story there's a problem? Mary goes where? She goes straight to Jesus. So Jesus' mother told him they have no more wine. How good is this mum moment from Mary? Does anyone appreciate this a little bit? I, I'll, I think of it kind of, maybe it's just my mind. I think it's a bit funny, but you know. So she knows what to do when facing a problem, right? She goes to the solution. She doesn't mess around. She doesn't like look at, you know, send the disciples off to the store to the bottle to go get more wine. She goes to the person that she knows is going to be able to solve the problem, is the solution. She knows what to do when facing the problem. And I love how Mary approaches Jesus. Now, she has this kind of mum thing going on where she's like, no, Jesus, you're going to do this. And then she goes, and then she tells their servants, Jesus is like, oh, I don't think it's time yet, mum. And she goes, servants, just listen to him, do what he says. I love that moment. But, yeah, Ned, hold on, hold on a second. Go back, go back, go back. That's the next one. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I, I love how she approaches him, and I think we can learn. One, her first step is to go straight to Jesus. When the problem arises, no matter what it is in your life, can I tell you this is the best advice? Go straight to Jesus. Go straight to Jesus. Who knows that Mary goes to Jesus not in lack though? 
She doesn't go and approach Jesus in a way that is really kind of sheepish. She doesn't kind of approach him saying, oh, Jesus, but if it's your will, can you maybe do this? Does she? We don't see that. We see her approach Jesus boldly with faith, don't we? There's a problem. She goes straight to Jesus. She doesn't sheepishly ask. She, she like goes almost knowing Jesus's authority already. She knows who she's approaching to, to solve this problem. So her faith is high. Yes, she kind of is his mum and she knows a bit, but she also knows the authority he has. Jesus, can I tell you this morning, Jesus is King of Kings. Jesus is Lord of Lords. He made the universe. He's the person when we have a problem, we approach and we don't approach sheepishly because we know who He is, don't we? So when we ask, we ask with faith. We ask boldly. Our response needs to be in any circumstance where we find ourselves faced with a problem, to go straight to Jesus. Can I tell you, whatever we are facing, He can overcome. Do you believe that this morning? Whatever we are facing, He can overcome. Remember this invite from Matthew's Gospel, and I'm sure a lot of us have heard it before. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For, your, for my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. It tells us in Scripture to cast all our cares to Jesus. All of our cares, bring them to Jesus. When we do, we receive peace, don't we? A burden is lifted. And also, Jesus leads us to resolution. Now for the next one. Thanks, Nath. What are we up to? What number? We're up to number four, all right? Can we remember the first three? Yeah, I've repeated them enough. Good. Number four, do whatever He tells you to do. So in our response, we find ourselves with a problem. We find ourselves in a time of grief or we find ourselves just not knowing what to do. We go straight to Jesus like Mary does. But then she gives us a clue next. She says to the servants, do whatever He tells you to do. Jesus tells them, fill the jars with water. He, he kind of gives very strict instructions as to what the servants are to do. I don't know about you. Confession time for me. But do you know how often I approach Jesus and tell Him what I want Him to do? It, most of the time. Are you similar? We go to Jesus and we go and tell Jesus what to do. Who knows that we don't know best? Do you know what I mean? We don't know best. We have a God who knows best. It's not about us telling Jesus what to do. We approach Him with our cares and with our burdens. But can I tell you the step of obedience is to do whatever God tells us to do not necessarily what we want Him to do. 
even in my smarter moments, I listen first, right? This is when I'm really switched on. I listen first, but then I end up doing the version I want to do. <laughs> yeah? Anybody else kind of do that? Uh, well, Jesus, that sounds a bit extreme, Jesus. So uh, how about I just do me instead? But again, we need to learn from Mary. When we come to Jesus, we need to listen and then do exactly what he tells us to do. This is a hard thing to hear. But can I tell you, our personalities aren't an excuse for obedience. Right? Our situation isn't an excuse for our level of obedience. We need to do whatever God tells us to do. Now, this is a tough one because you're like, Nath, how do I hear from Jesus? Sometimes it's really hard to hear from Jesus. And great question. Well done. Well done on asking that question. It's a really good one. Can I tell you this? There's three main ways in which we can hear from God's voice. The first is through Scripture. This is the most reliable way that we can hear God's voice. It's through His Word. Does it line up with Scripture? Do we hear Jesus or God say it or God revealed through Jesus? Do we hear it in Scripture? The other is in prayer. Has anyone ever had a prayer time where, where God's just like, shut up, listen to me now? Yeah, have you ever had that moment where you're praying and you're like, God's speaking? God speaks to us in prayer if we're willing to sit still and listen sometimes. The other way that God speaks to us is through His body and through prophecy, through encouragement and building up together. Brothers and sisters in Christ speaking into our life. Who knows that's a great way when we hear from God in that way. I love that. That's why we get together weekly to hear from God. Now, we could spend a lot of time on hearing from God. And I think actually there'd, there'd be a whole series we could do on how we hear from God. But um, I'll leave you with this. A great book to read. It's, it's quite simple. It's profound. Uh, you can get it very easily, readily available. It's a book called Hearing God by Nathan Finocchio. Anybody's keen? I think I've got a physical copy. I'll give it to you. Maybe today or next week. It might be in my library at home. Um, great book around hearing God. How do we hear God's voice? All right. Are you with me? Okay. The fifth one, and I think is the most important one this morning, lesson from this water to wine. Last one is we need to be filled to the brim. Filled to the to the brim. In the message, it says this a little bit better. Jesus ordered the servants, fill the pots with water, and they filled them to the brim, all the way to the top. I've never actually paid attention to this part of the story, but, um, and it could just be my mind, but has anybody kind of done the math on the jars of water? There were six jars each containing 20 to 30 gallons. Now, gallons isn't something I'm familiar with, so I did the conversion. And, and the lowest kind of 
uh, estimate that we can make as to how much wine Jesus made is about 450 litres. Has anyone thought about that before in this story? I think of like a bottle and some glasses. Does anyone else think, oh yeah, here's some glasses of wine. You know, responsible drinking. Uh, At least 450 litres of wine, water that's turned to wine. Can I tell you, that's not very salvo, Jesus. I'm not sure William would have liked that too much. Uh, But Jesus asked them to be filled to the brim. An abundance. Now, this might not be the intention of John who's writing this, but I can't help think of Paul writing in Ephesians. He says this, and there's there's a couple of connections. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. We don't need 450 litres of wine this morning, although that could get very, very interesting. 450, like, that's too much. Too much. What we need, though, if we are to live this full life that Jesus is calling us to, a life where we see the miraculous happen, We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the invite is to be filled. Sam preached a great word on this a couple of weeks ago. As the church, we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, If you miss that, check the podcast. It's uploaded. It's uh, the best 15 to 20 minutes you'll spend this week listening to Sam's preach. For us to live that full and satisfying life that, that God calls us to, that God wants for us, a whole life, a, res- a restored life, a shalom life, we need to be filled to the brim with the Holy Spirit. God working in and God working through us. Do you know that the Holy Spirit helps us to love God more? The Holy Spirit gives us a hunger for God's presence. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to be obedient when God is speaking to us. The Holy Spirit helps us to discern God's voice to us. The Holy Spirit helps us to live holy lives. But who who knows? Also, the Holy Spirit helps us to love each other, doesn't it? The Holy Spirit gives us more patience for the person next to us. The Holy Spirit gives us more kindness towards each other. The Holy Spirit gives us more self-control. The Holy Spirit helps us have less anger, towards each other. And the question this morning is, who needs that? Because I need that. I've said it before, and I know that there's jokes about it, but I leak, right? I I get knocked and, and I'm not full to the brim anymore. Or I dish out and I know that I have to be filled again. 
And I don't know about you, but I don't want a half full life. That's not what John 10.10 talks about, is it? Jesus doesn't say, I've come to bring you a half full life. No, Jesus says, I have come to bring you a full life, filled to the brim. This morning, a bit of fun, five, top five life lessons from John 2. But who, knew, who knows, we need to walk out of here filled to the brim. The invite is there to be filled this morning. Jesus, Jesus calls us to a life that is full of fun, that is full of joy. Don't miss it. Yes, there will be problems. We saw the problem in the story. But we need to go straight to Jesus whenever we encounter that. And when we go straight to Jesus, let's not go thinking that we know best. Let's listen to what He says and do whatever He says to do. But to do it, we're going to be need, we are going to need to be filled again to the brim. I don't know where you're at this morning, but we're together. You've made the effort to get in the car and come and be together, to, to lift up the name of Jesus together, but also be encouraged. And I want us to leave here encouraged and built up, ready to live as Jesus followers in our world. Maybe this morning you need to seek Jesus. You need to go straight to Him. There's things that are happening that you've been dancing around, but actually this morning you just might need to go straight to Jesus. We're going to have some time for you to just do that right now. What better time than now? What better place than here? Maybe you need to sit and listen to the Holy Spirit's voice this morning. Maybe you need to take a faith step and, and actually do what God has been telling you to do. Maybe this could be that defining moment where you are like, I am going to do that, God. Or maybe as we sing, maybe you just need the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh this morning. Who knows, we're here. We may as well ask for it. Does anyone else have that attitude sometimes? I don't want to downplay it, but we are together. Why wouldn't we be asking God to fill us again? We are going to sing and I'm going to invite you to to respond in the way that you need to this morning. It might be that you need to take a moment and sit and listen for the voice of the Holy Spirit. It might be that you just need to praise and, and sing. It might be that you need to go and speak to someone. It might be that you want prayer again to be filled by the Holy Spirit. I invite you, I'm, I'm going to kind of stand to the side by the cross. And if, you, if you're just wanting prayer, again, obviously no shame in that. That's, that's amazing. I, I'd love to pray for you to be empowered to live as a follower of Jesus this week. I'm going to pray and then we're, we're going to sing and, and respond in whatever way you need this morning. Let's pray. God, You are good. God, we thank You for Your Scripture. We thank You for Your Word. We thank You that it brings truth and it brings uh, life to us. 
We thank You for the insight that we can get every time we open Your Word. Jesus, we long for Your your John 10, 10, the, the full life that You're willing to give us. We thank You for the invitation that You put out so readily. And this morning, we wanna accept that invitation. We wanna take steps towards it. This morning, Holy Spirit, will You minister? We thank You that You're a God who's with us and cares about our very moment. Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Speak to us. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I invite you if, you, if you want to stand and sing, if you want to just take your time, do it right now. I'd love to pray for you as well.